0: Section 3 of Capital and Interest by Frederick Bastiat. What is a loan and what is capital? This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. What is a loan? Suppose two men exchange two services or two objects whose equal value is beyond all dispute. Suppose, for example, Peter says to Paul, Give me ten sixpences. I will give you a five-shilling piece. Historical note, each of these is equal to one crown. We cannot imagine an equal value more unquestionable. When the bargain is made, neither party has any claim upon the other. The exchanged services are equal. Thus it follows that if one of the parties wishes to introduce into the bargain an additional clause, advantageous to himself but unfavorable to the other party, he must agree to a second clause which shall re-establish the equilibrium and the law of justice. It would be absurd to deny the justice of a second clause of compensation. This granted, we will suppose that Peter, after having said to Paul, "'Give me ten sixpences, I will give you a crown,' adds, you shall give me the ten sixpences now, and I will give you the crown piece in a year. It is very evident that this new proposition alters the claims and advantages of the bargain, that it alters the proportion of the two services. Does it not appear plainly enough, in fact, that Peter asks of Paul a new and an additional service, one of a different kind? Is it not as if he had said, Render me the service of allowing me to use for my profit for a year five shillings which belong to you and which you might have used for yourself, and what good reason have you to maintain that Paul is bound to render this especial service gratuitously that he has no right to demand anything more in consequence of this requisition that the state ought to interfere to force him to submit is it not? incomprehensible that the economist who preaches such a doctrine to the people can reconcile it with his principle of the reciprocity of services here i have introduced cash i have been led to do so by a desire to place side by side two objects of exchange of a perfect and indisputable equality of value i was anxious to be prepared for objections but On the other hand, my demonstration would have been more striking still if I had illustrated my principle by an agreement for exchanging the services or the productions themselves. Suppose, for example, a house and a vessel of a value so perfectly equal that their proprietors are disposed to exchange them even-handed, without excess or abatement. In fact, let the bargain be settled by a lawyer. AT THE MOMENT OF EACH TAKING POSSESSION, THE SHIP OWNER SAYS TO THE CITIZEN, VERY WELL, THE TRANSACTION IS COMPLETED, AND NOTHING CAN PROVE ITS PERFECT EQUITY BETTER THAN OUR FREE AND VOLUNTARY CONSENT. OUR CONDITIONS THUS FIXED, I SHALL PROPOSE TO YOU A LITTLE PRACTICAL MODIFICATION. YOU SHALL LET ME HAVE YOUR HOUSE TODAY, BUT I SHALL NOT PUT YOU IN POSSESSION OF MY SHIP FOR A YEAR. And the reason I make this demand of you is that during this year of delay I wish to use the vessel. That we may not be embarrassed by considerations relative to the deterioration of the thing lent, I will suppose the shipowner to add, I will engage at the end of the year to hand over to you the vessel in the state in which it is today. I ask of every candid man, I ask of Monsieur Proudhon himself if the citizen has not a right to answer the new clause which you propose entirely alters the proportion or the equal value of the exchanged services by it i shall be deprived for the space of a year both at once of my house and of your vessel by it you will make use of both if in the absence of this clause the bargain was just for the same reason the clause is injurious to me It stipulates for a loss to me, and a gain to you. You are requiring of me a new service. I have the right to refuse, or to require of you, as a compensation, an equivalent service. If the parties are agreed upon this compensation, the principle of which is incontestable, we can easily distinguish two transactions in one, two exchanges of service in one. First, there is the exchange of the house for the vessel, after this, there is the delay granted by one of the parties, and the compensation correspondent to this delay, yielded by the other. These two new services take the generic and abstract names of credit and interest. But names do not change the nature of things, and I defy any one to dare to maintain that there exists here, when all is done, a service for a service or a reciprocity of services. To say that one of these services does not challenge the other, to say that the first ought to be rendered gratuitously, without injustice, is to say that injustice consists in the reciprocity of services, that justice consists in one of the parties giving and not receiving, which is a contradiction in terms. To give an idea of interest and its mechanism, allow me to make use of two or three anecdotes in section 4. But first I must say a few words upon capital. There are some persons who imagine that capital is money, and this is precisely the reason why they deny its productiveness, for as Monsieur Thore says, crowns are not endowed with the power of reproducing themselves. But it is not true that capital and money are the same thing before the discovery of the precious metals there were capitalists in the world and i venture to say that at that time as now everybody was a capitalist to a certain extent what is capital then it is composed of three things first of the materials upon which men operate when these materials have already a value communicated by some human effort which has bestowed upon them the principle of remuneration wool, flax, leather, silk, wood, etc. Second, instruments which are used for working, tools, machines, ships, carriages, etc. Third, provisions which are consumed during labor, victuals, stuffs, houses, etc. Without these things the labor of man would be unproductive and almost void, Yet these very things have required much work, especially at first. This is the reason that so much value has been attached to the possession of them, and also that it is perfectly lawful to exchange and to sell them, to make a profit of them if used, to gain remuneration from them if lent. End of section 3. What is a loan, and what is capital?